Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Redeem the Time podcast. My name is Levi Myers. And I'm Chase Noblin. Um, And we're going to be going through the topic, Redeeming the Time, as is also the title of our podcast for this, our first podcast. We thought, especially in light of the way things are going today, it would be a relevant topic to look at. And what we mean by how things are going today, we mean that we have a lot more time on our hands, I think for the most part. And one of the topics that the Bible mentions is what do we do with this time that we're given? And so now, especially as we have a bit more time on our hands, we thought we'd go and look at what the Bible has to say about what to do with the time that we have. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians is one of the epistles that Paul wrote to a early Christian ecclesia in Ephesus. We see in verse 15 and 16, he says the following words. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And he uses that phrase, redeeming the time, also over in Colossians chapter 4, which is another epistle that he wrote to an early Christian ecclesia, this one in Colossae. And he says in verse uh, 5, walk in wisdom towards them that are without redeeming the time. And he uses that same, same phrase. And one of the things I thought, I thought was really interesting, uh, Levi, and maybe something we can discuss, um, is that both Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 4 seem to be highlighting for us that there's a responsibility for us not only to work on ourselves during this time, but also to be a strength and a support to other people. Um, yeah. And so when we look at um, Ephesians chapter 5, for example, and verse 16, where our phrase is, redeeming the time, we see over in verse uh, 20, or 19 rather, it says, speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And what that could really be translated as is speak amongst yourselves. And so what he's really pulling out here is that there's a need for us when we're deeming the time to think about how we're affecting other people. Think about how we're supporting other people. Yeah. Hundred percent, and then over in Colossians chapter four, um, we see in verse five when when it says there, "Walk in wisdom." A better translation of that um, would be "conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders." Is actually how the Net Bible uh, puts it. And then for the last part of the verse, it says, "Make the most of your opportunities." And really, what Paul is, is saying when he uses that language um, is to preach the word with the opportunities that we're given to preach the message of the gospel. Um, and we can see that especially come out in the context because of what's said there in verse three, when Paul asks the, the individuals that are receiving this letter to pray for him um, as they speak the message of the gospel. And so I think that when we look and we kind of compare and contrast these two um, examples of this phrase, redeeming the time, we start to see that Paul's emphasis is on how we're treating other people. What are yeah. we doing now with the opportunities that we have yeah, to help and support others, and I I think that's um, so important as we kind of find ourselves in this situation of the pandemic, where we're basically all locked inside. We don't really have much interaction with anyone other than the people who are in our immediate families, and um, we find ourselves with all this time. So you know, um, that's a huge point, Chase. I think you know, we need to take this time and, and utilize it in the best way that we can. 
And what better way than to follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, who we know every single day was focused on others and, and used the time that he had to give, um, which was really his whole mission. Uh, Chase, I wanted to discuss a little bit more here about the phrase redeeming the time um, more on a practical level. Um, okay. So when we, when we think of redeeming the time, you know, what does that mean, right? What is, what is the scripture trying to, trying to tell us here? Um, and what does the outworking of that look like in our lives? Um, so I think a good place to start is really looking to actually our daily lives and like, how are we living every single day? What are we waking up and, and doing? What are we waking up and focusing on? Um, what does our routines look like? Because it's all good and well to talk about, you know, this is ideal to do, but like literally putting these things into practice and, and making time for them is so important. Right. And I mean, you know, it's so difficult now more than ever as our routines have been disrupted, right? You know, our normal yeah. lives have changed so much, at least for a lot of people. Um, that it's hard to kind of, you know, readjust those those schedules. Instead, I think we kind of fill it up um, with things that maybe aren't that profitable, right? That tends to be our, our default mode. Um, yeah, exactly. Maybe just one uh, story on that. I think this, this might be uh, interesting. Um, but if you remember the story, it's actually a parable that Christ speaks um, about um, an unclean spirit. And the point of the parable is he says that when an unclean spirit has been cast out of someone, it goes and it wanders in the wilderness. And then when it returns, it finds an empty house swept, right? It's a clean house. And then it says, I'm going to take seven other spirits and I'm going to go back into that house because now it's furnished. It's ready. It's prepared for that spirit to return and to bring yeah. seven others with it. There's more room in the house for more spirits. And when Christ is talking about spirits, what he's talking about is, in this in this context is you know things that are unprofitable for a believer right yeah. um unclean things we can bring sure. into our life things yeah, right that, and so things that take away from god or things that really just are unprofitable for our spiritual health right and so i think this idea of redeeming the time when we think about that particular story is now that we have this additional time now that our routines have been shaken up you know, our house has been, you know, in some ways, metaphorically swept. There's more time, there's more opportunity for us to bring in just more negative things into our life. And especially with yeah. kind of the, how, how bad things are right now and how tumultuous things seem when we look around us. You yeah. know, it's easy to allow things like depression and other things into our life. But what Christ is saying is, you know, you need, you need to refill that house with positive things. With things that are going to help you that are going to be beneficial. I don't know what you thought of that. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, that's exactly right. I think when we look at the, like the daily routines that we used to have before all this started happening, um, so much of, of that has been thrown kind of to the wayside and we now have to figure out, okay, um, everything that I kind of do on a daily basis has shifted. Um, and we can, like you said, we can either, use that in a very kind of negative way and maybe slide into some bad habits and bad, um, bad routines, or we can take this as like, okay, this is an opportunity. We're going to try and redeem the time. And in order to do that, I think that story is, is huge or that parable in the sense of, 
in order to, to, to get rid of the things in our lives that are negative and to, to kind of keep those things out, we have to fill our time with, with the things of, of the truth and the things of um, like spiritual things is what I mean when I say that. So if we can sort of figure out how to do that, um, then I think uh, that will put us on the right path and, and making sure that we do that, you know, even when we find ourselves in like a slump, which can often happen and maybe we have been in a bad routine. What I'm talking about is, is taking uh, a moment to, to pause and reflect and to really kind of take it on head first. Right. And to be sort of intentional about our life and about our routines, you know, because I think the default mode is just to kind of, you know, do whatever we want to do in that particular moment. Right. Especially when we think about free time. And one of the things that was mentioned to me uh, just recently, actually, about this concept of free time is that it's never really free. And actually, in Ephesians and in Colossians, you know, he's using this phrase, redeeming the time. That, that word redeem could also be translated as buy, to buy up the time. And so when you think about that, you know, um, in the context of free time, you know, we have to purchase all the time that we have, right? So that free time isn't free because we haven't bought it for the things of Christ. So it still has a cost. And that cost, I think, is that it, it can be in many ways wasted. Um, and so I think, you know, the purpose of this podcast and the purpose of, you know, this first conversation is to try to explore, you know, why is it important to try to buy the time that we have, to try to bring it back under our control, to try to fill it with the things that are going to be beneficial for us. And so I think it's a really important um, message when we look at this, this phrase, redeeming the time, to think of it that way is buying the time. How do we purchase the time that we have um, and repurpose it for things that are going to be beneficial for our walk. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good point um, because, you know, when we like, when we go through our lives and we, we make the choice that, you know, we want to focus on spiritual things. We want to focus on the Bible. We want to focus on what God wants us to, to focus on. We have to we have to look at scripture and go, okay, what is the goal here? What is the purpose? What is the thing that I am trying to reach in, in my life and in serving my God? And I think um, Philippians actually points this out quite well. When you look at Philippians chapter 3, um, in verse 13 to 14, okay. it says, um, I count myself, uh, brethren, not to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. So we're forgetting the things that are behind us and we're reaching forward. And it says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And when you look at scripture and you think of time, we have all this time and we need to press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in, in Christ Jesus. And we have to make that our goal is to figure out, you know, what is scriptures, what does scripture want us to do? What does God want us to do? And, and make that our goal, make that our purpose, make that our calling and really strive for that. And we have to make that conscious choice, right? Yeah. I think that's such a great, a great point that there's things that God has called us to be doing, you know, to press towards the mark. 
And there's so many different examples of things that, that the Bible tells us are profitable to bring into our life. You know, here we are talking about all these other things that we should be doing, how we should be buying up the time, or we should be pressing towards the mark. But what are those, what are those things we can actually be doing? What can we practically bring into our life? You know, okay, let's, if we were to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to end up having a lot of free time today, you know, and we're going to make a schedule for our day. What are some of those things that we could maybe put into our schedule? I think one thing, one thing is when you look at um, scripture, obviously is, is, is literally just that looking at scripture, um, opening up its pages and figuring out, okay, what is that goal? What is that purpose of God? Um, And actually Proverbs 29 in the Bible talks about this in verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And that kind of highlights that need that we have for that goal, that need that we have to have a driving force that we're kind of uh, painting for ourselves to motivate us, right? And I think um, building that vision is what really we need to be doing on a daily basis, just as a starting, starting point getting our head into the Bible and building a picture of, of that vision for ourselves. Right. I think that's a great place to start. And just on that, I think, you know, especially with today, you know, thinking about a global pandemic, that's people to start to realize there's a real chance that if this had been any worse um, or we had caught it a little bit too late, that there could have been an enormous amount of people who perished. And there have certainly been, um, you know, when you look at the numbers, people have um, been really affected by this. And that's not to diminish that. But I think when you think about that phrase, where there is no vision, the people perish, you know, at this particular time, when there is an actual life-threatening pandemic going around, to think, what is my vision? And when people ask themselves that, I think a lot of people come up empty. You know, what is my vision? What is my purpose in life? And I think what we're trying to bring across, you know, in this podcast um, and in this conversation is that the vision that we can have is one that God has shown us in his Bible. It's one that he's presented for us. 100%. And I think we just have to go and search that out in his word. And that's a great point. And maybe just another one, um, you know, when we think about practical things that we can do is something just as simple as the idea of looking up. You know, how can we look up Hmm. in our life towards God? And I think it's connected to what you said about, you know, looking into our Bibles and actually digging up what God has left for us, but also to think about elevating our minds to not be so concerned with the things that are around us. You know, I think about looking up the opposite of that would be looking down or looking around where we, we start to grab onto the things that are left in our life, you know, whether it's financial security or, um, or our health or whatever it is, you know, God's starting to show us that he can take those things away very easily. Yeah. And so looking around, we start to worry as we see how temporary things are. And he instead, I think, instructs us on a number of occasions to look up, you know, in Isaiah, he says, my ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts, your thoughts. My ways are higher. They're above. And so this idea, not just physically looking up, although that can be comforting of, of, of itself, um, but also is spiritually elevating our mind to look up towards God, to see what, what really he's trying to teach us out of all yeah. this, instead of that's looking actually, around at everything that's passing away. Go ahead. That's actually such a good phrase. That's actually such a good phrase. Like looking up, you think of like the physical, um, like actual tone of that, um, 
that that phrase of look up um right. you know because no one wants to you don't want to be walking around looking down like we need to look up we need to be positive we need to have um we need to have uh, a positive spirit when we go through these kinds of uh, difficulties in our lives and the most positive thing that we can find is found in God's word and like you say looking at God's ways his ways are higher than our ways and I, I just love the tone of that that phrase to look up. I think that's that's so good. I like that. You're right, it's that. it's so tight. You know, it's just like a simple phrase that encapsulates so many different things. Yeah, it's really nice. So, what are maybe some other things that we could do, kind of fill up our time? Some practical things. Yeah, some so some more practical things. One, like we said, building a vision. I think that's hugely important, and we get that from the outworking of reading God's word in our, in our lives and. And, and filling our minds with, with his words to us. It's like a conversation, right? God is speaking to us through his word. And then in a conversation, it's a two-way street. We also need to speak to him. So how do we do that? Well, we do that, we know, through prayer. And scripture tells us to, um, to be instant in prayer. And I love that phrase particularly because being instant in prayer, just the way that um, particular phrase comes across is just so powerful. We need to have our first reaction to things that happen in our lives to be prayer. It ha- that has to be our go-to is talking to God because he is the one there. He's the one listening. Um, and he's the one who's powerful and can get us through it. So I think that's another, another thing that, that, um, that we can do. What do you think? I agree hundred percent. I think just to add to that, when we look at Luke, 21 it's a it's a, a prophecy that christ gives on mount of olives it's called the olivet prophecy we don't have time to go through it right now but when we look at this particular prophecy we can see that it's talking about now it's talking about our times um it says verse 26 that men's hearts will be failing for fear and looking at those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken when we look at the idea of heaven in scripture it's really referring to uh, the political powers, you know, the, the people that are in charge in the world. And I think when we look around, we can see real turmoil in politics, real turmoil in the governments of this earth as they try to deal with this pandemic. And there's mm-hmm. so many other connections that we could look at, and we don't have time to go through it. But when we look at the end of this prophecy, it says in verse 36, watch ye therefore and pray always. And there's that, uh, that idea that you're bringing out. And he continues that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And I think that, you know, we're bringing in a few things here. But to wrap up this, this praying point, you know, there is a real calling to especially now be, cons- be, be concerned with prayer, to bring it into our life, to have that open communication with God, to understand what he's telling us in his word, and to go to him with our questions, to go to him with our thankfulness, to go to him with our concerns and try to find a way to open that dialogue with God. Um, and I think that the way that you just, you described it as this conversation is so powerful. Mm. And then when we think about verse 36, you know, it's, it's also saying that we be, that we might be accounted worthy to escape all these things. And so it's very important to keep that in our minds that there is an escape. There is a way yeah for us out of this situation and other situations like it. And I think it's really interesting that it's paired together like that. Just as a side note, because this, this is tied to prayer. um, 
what would your advice be, or I guess not necessarily your advice, or what, what are your thoughts on people who are struggling like to feel that connection with God enough to actually pray or like to believe that it is a real conversation or people who are just having that, maybe they they felt distance from God and, and, and don't really have, you know what I mean? Like kind of that strong mm-hmm. connection. Cause I think there are periods in our lives where we can go through that. Um, and I think it's important that we maybe touch on that just a little bit. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I think about a lot is, um, attribution you know what do we attribute the things that happen in our lives to do we attribute them to god or do we attribute them to ourselves and those can be both positive and negative things and so and i'm I'm going somewhere with this when we think about you know attributing good things to ourselves, where there's really no conversation to be had there with god but instead if we think about something good that happens to us as having god's hand in it well now we have something to talk to him about now we have something to go to him about and I think, you know, I'll give an example. Let's say that you recently got hired for a position. And before that point, you've been praying a lot. You've been praying a lot about the opportunity, not so that you could, you know, get more money or whatever it is, but maybe it provides a good opportunity for you. Let's say that your motives for prayer were pure. Well, more often than not, and I can speak, you know, personally on this, yeah, yeah. once that job actually comes to the door, we're so quick to forget about prayer because we've kind of gotten what we wanted out of the situation. Mm. And so we're, we feel right. We feel happy in that. Okay. God has answered my prayer, but do we go to him in prayer and and thankfulness? And, and I I mean, getting a new job is a pretty rare event, um, at least for most people. Um, But there's so many other ways where you can have something positive happen to you in your life and forget that God has had a hand in that. And so we need to be, really quick to attribute these things to God. And so we think about it on a practical level. When good things happen to you, let's say you wake up in the morning and you feel healthy and strong. Are you saying a prayer to God for that? 100%. Because I think more often than not, right, we wake up and we're feeling, you know, sick. Let's say, you know, something serious is going on in our life. Maybe that's when we go to God in prayer. And that's great. We should be doing that too. That but I really... Think when the, that really strikes a chord with me. Sorry to cut you off. That really no. strikes a chord with me because I think so often like that is a huge part of the problem is like we think, oh, I feel very disconnected with God. Well, why is that? Is it because you're going through a trial and now you're turning to him? Or is it because when you're going not going through trial and you feel like things are going well, are you forgetting to thank him for that? Are you not building that conversation through the good times? right? Because so often our reaction is when we go through harder times to turn to God. And that's a very good thing, obviously, but we need to make sure it's kind of that balance. So I, yeah, that strikes a chord with me for Mm. sure. Yeah. So that'd be my answer. What about uh, for you personally? Um, For me personally, I think a verse that kind of comes to mind is just, and this, this doesn't, it's not necessarily an answer to, to that feeling. Cause I think there's, maybe some deeper things that, that we can get into in maybe another podcast on specifically like feeling that connection. But um, for me, a good verse is Proverbs um, chapter three and verse five to six. It's one of my favorite verses um, and has really helped me um, when I go through things in my life. It's a verse that I like to turn to because it just reminds me to place my trust in God. And it says, Trust in the Lord in Proverbs 3, verse 5, with all your heart. And I think 
to have trust with all of your heart is such a big, important thing. And it's very, um, it can be difficult to do, right? But we have to learn to build that. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Because leaning on our own on our own selves is what we do so much. It's, it's our natural reaction. It's that fight or flight, right? We turn to ourselves and in all, in all our ways, um, submit to God and he will make our path straight. And that that's, I love that verse, Proverbs three, five to six. If you, if, if you um, haven't heard that verse before, definitely it's a good one to put on the wall or in your house, or just as a reminder somewhere, because yeah, it's, it's, it's that reminder to just place your trust in God, give it to him and turn to him in prayer, turn to his words in, in the Bible and, and he will help you. Um, but it's working on that. So I don't really have a specific answer to, to that question, but I think that's a, a good starting place is building that trust with God um, throughout your life. Like what you were saying, like not just during the hard times, but every day, right? Cause this is an everyday thing. Right. My actually one of my favorite verses in Proverbs is very similar to that one. It comes up in, in chapter 16 and it says in verse nine, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And very similar to what you just said there, you know, are we putting on God the things that happen in our life? Are we trusting in him? Are we leaning on him? You know, because verse nine says, because the Lord is going to direct our steps. And this is a big piece that I think we've been hinting at but haven't spoken about specifically yet is this idea of God entering our lives and assisting us in the things that we do. But there's a, it's a two-part verse, and this is why I love it. It says at the beginning, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Mm. And so I think it's very important that we understand, we recognize our role in this relationship, that it's our job, it's our responsibility to set our way, right? And this is what comes up uh, when we think about this phrase, redeeming the time. What are the things that we can actively think about doing? What are the routines we can set out? What are the practical things we can bring into our life, like Bible study and prayer? But ultimately, it's going to be God that's going to direct our steps. And that's extremely comforting, right? We think about We can do all these things for ourselves, but maybe we know ourselves pretty well. We know I'm going to slip out of that habit and all that. You know, we have these these doubts about our ability to follow through on these things. Yeah. This verse is saying, don't worry about that. As long as you keep trying, as long as you keep setting that correct way, God's going to direct the minutia of it. He's going to direct the steps, right? He's going to be there working in the day to day, as long as our motives are pure. And I think that that's really coming out in what you mentioned there with, with trusting in God. Um, and yeah. that's, that's one of the verses that I really, I really love in Proverbs because it has that, that aspect of what we need to bring to it and what God is going to do for us when we do that. And so I just want to build on this a bit because I think it's getting back to this idea of redeeming the time. Um, if we come over to Colossians, um, and Colossians, of course, we remember is the other place that this phrase redeeming the time comes up. Yeah. It's over in chapter four. Um, but in chapter one, as Paul introduces his, his letter, um, he says in verse uh, nine, he praises the ecclesia or the church that was there. He says, for this cause, since the day we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So here's a prayer. One of the things that we talked about yeah. in which Paul is saying, 
we hope, we sincerely pray that God will be with you as you increase in the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom. And we'll see how God's with them in that. So there's two about prayer and Bible study. And then verse 10, it says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so there's this idea of fruitfulness. We know, of course, that we can do all the Bible study in the world and it won't benefit us unless it actually produces fruit. And then in verse 11, and this comes back to what we were talking about in Proverbs, it says, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. And so there's this, this journey that we go on that yep. he's described in these previous two verses that we increase in understanding and we increase in our fruitfulness, but that's not of our own power. It no. says that we're strengthened, right? And just to give you one other verse on that, um, it's in Philippians uh, chapter four, when Paul says, uh, it's in verse, let me see if I can find it here. Verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's the mm. same word. And so even Paul himself doing all the things that he was doing, you know, all the knowledge that he had, all the works that he did, all the preaching that he did, he says, I can only do it through Christ who strengthens me. And so this idea of trusting in God and allowing him to be active in our life, even the apostle Paul did that. Right? And yeah. when we think about, you know, it being Christ, we think we know he is our mediator. He is one who has been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's yep. someone who understands what we're going through on a day-to-day basis, right? And yep. so we and think about it being Christ, you know, it, it's all that more powerful. Go ahead. Yeah. And I, I think when you look at it too, like all these men in scripture, these men and women, they had journeys that they were on. Like this wasn't an instant thing for them. Like Paul obviously wasn't instantly, didn't instantly have the, the level of faith that he had when he said, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Like right. he had to go through a process of literally um, being someone who was persecuting the church and taking those, um, those people and th- um, putting them in prison, right? He was persecuting the church and he went and turned around to a person who was um, obviously the person who was able to say those things. Like I've fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. We don't always um, start our journey and just have that faith. That's not how it works. That faith comes with time. We build that faith. Um, and faith is is something that's so interesting because it's like, it, it's almost like it comes and it goes. Does that make sense? Sometimes oh, sure. it can come and go, right? Um, but we have to learn um, to to have that faith and to keep it and to to keep it there for the majority of the time. Like we think of 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, it says we walk by faith and not by sight. And that verse kind of frames our walk in a way that we have to come to um, an understanding of where we are literally walking by faith and not by sight, which is obviously so different to what we do on a normal everyday basis. Right. Right. Um, I'm so, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So I was just going to say in, in like Hebrews, Hebrews 11 verse one, it talks about faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. And that really is the definition of faith. It's, 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 when we build like what we were talking about at the beginning, like our goals, our spiritual goals, 
and we come to an understanding of what God's plan is. It's learning to believe in those things and to trust in those things and to have confidence in those things, even though we don't see them now. So it's really a process and it's, it's, yeah, I'd love to hear, hear more of your thoughts on that, but yeah, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. It's, it really is. And it's, it's not, it's not an instant thing. It's a process. And I think that's really what I'm trying to drive home with this. I'm kind of rambling now. No, no. I think it, it ties in very well with the other subjects that we talked about. We think about Bible study and we think about prayer and we think about trusting in God. You know, this is kind of, you know, when we think about faith. This is sort of that third piece. It, it sort of encapsulates this idea of trusting in God, you know, having faith that God will provide for us the things that we need, that he is going to assist us, that he has a plan for us. Going back to what you said earlier about the vision, having the vision. Um, and I think that, you know, where the verse you brought up where there is no vision, the people perish. I think faith allows us to have that, that understanding that God is going to be there for us. But what's really interesting is like Bible study and like prayer, faith is actually something that we can be building right now. You know, and when we think about redeeming the time, right? Faith, I think you mentioned it yeah. as it, faith comes and goes. And I think that's very true. I think another, uh, I think to build on that, uh, that phrase is think about it like a muscle. Faith is a muscle. For sure. And think about, For you know, right sure. now, of course, I'm sure our muscles are, you know, very quickly disappearing. You know, we're at yeah. home, we go to the gym, all those things, right? I think if faith can be the same way where, you know, we need to actively put in those routines to build our faith. Yeah. We need to be working on our faith. For and there's sure. so many things that go into that. And I think one of the things that we talked about going forward will be to try to look at these different subjects that we brought up and try to flush them out and, you know, and give them the time that they deserve. And so I hope that we'll do that. Yeah. But faith is definitely one of those topics where there's so many different pieces of working that faith. And when we look yeah. at it, I'm so glad you went to Hebrews chapter 11. There's so many other people who are, are held up as being great examples of faith. But then we go and look at their life. And I mean, these are just snapshots of things that they did in Hebrews chapter 11. But there's so much that went into building that person, preparing that person oh, yeah. to this active faith. And so we can put Abraham up on a pedestal and think, you know, I could never do some of the things that, the, that this man did. Or, or the example of, of Sarah or of Rahab or, of, you know, Moses, these incredible pillars of faith. And we think, how could I ever aspire to something like that? Um, well, the answer is just that, to aspire and to put in place the things that we need to now prepare ourselves to get to that point and yeah. to realize that it is a journey and that we can, you know, by doing things now with the time that we have, put ourselves in good stead um, for when these these opportunities come up and to work on the faith that we have now. For sure. I, th I think that's, that's perfect. And I think that's a good way to kind of, um, as we start to kind of wrap up this first podcast... Just, yeah. just to um, talk about a few ways, maybe we can talk about a few ways on practical things and just brainstorm um, a quick list between the two of us of like things we can literally like physically do as we are in this, you know, period of quarantine to uh, redeem the time. And this is just throwing ideas out there for people. And um, hopefully maybe you guys can um, take some value out of this, but let's just maybe the two of us can just brainstorm a few things. So we've talked about a few already. One is getting our head in God's word and building a vision. Um, prayer is huge. And then um, just sort of to build on that, like it's not just those things. It's like getting those things 
interweave throughout our life. So maybe you start praying in the morning. Maybe you set specific times for prayer throughout your day. Maybe if I could put a, a specific word to that, I would call that routine, right? So how do we build in a good spiritual routine, set ourselves some habits? And I don't mean that in a checklist sort of way. Okay, I did my prayer for today, right? I'm good. But to instead think about how are some ways that we can bring in these things, maybe even you know, planning out our days in the morning to know, okay, when am I going to actually have time to do these things that I know are valuable? Yeah. Um, picking up, uh, picking up a pen and paper and just writing down some spiritual goals, I think is a great start as well. Um, that's a great idea. Just pen to paper and just, what are your goals? Maybe your goal is to memorize a Bible verse. Maybe your goal is just to do a small reading. Maybe your goal is to do a mini study on a word or something, something that interests you. You know, there's, there's so many different things you can do to, to sort of build that faith. You know, I think one of the things that we were working towards as well along this list, um, and when we come back to maybe that first point that we brought out in Colossians and Ephesians, when we look at the phrase redeeming the time, is about other people, about how we are being a strength and a support to other people. And so maybe one of these other things that we could add as maybe a practical topic to explore a bit more in depth are what are some ways that we can, you know, maybe once we've sort of sorted out some of the things that we have in our life, or maybe we're feeling, you know, strong ourselves. What are some ways that we can bring that strength to other people and be a, a source of encouragement for them? Yeah, no, that's huge. Um, that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, right? Like, how can we make those connections with people? Can we pick up the phone and call someone? Can we um, reach out to someone we haven't talked to in a while? Maybe send them an encouraging Bible verse through text or something like that. Like, there's little things we can do, right? I, I really like the... Um, concept you talked about about just being able to fill our time with good things in order to combat the things that um, kind of pull us away so i think I think we'll leave it at that for today. Um, maybe in our next podcast we'll go into a little bit more depth on you know ways that we can redeem the time um, specifically in regards to others how we can how we can work with others and help others and encourage them spiritually. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I like it. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening guys. And, um, we're going to try and do this, um, at least once a month, maybe more. We'll see, but, um, yeah, I hope we hope you like it. Thanks. Well, good talking to you, Levi. You as well.